everybody, and welcome back to the Chaluminati Podcast, episode 172. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Mike Martin, joined by the Sklar Brothers of LA, Whoa. Jesse and Alex. Whoa, okay. Oh, deep cut, deep cut, right? Sklar Brothers. What, wh are you Randy or are you Jason is the question. Me? Uh, it doesn't matter. I'll be real. It doesn't, it doesn't matter at all. <laughs> I'm trying to dig deep, but maybe these aren't like as deep as I assume they are. Cause just because I don't know who they are, maybe doesn't mean that you don't know who they are. The real deep like lore is like, where the fuck, what is the rubric by which you are choosing these fucking duos? I'm telling you, I think he literally just looked up famous duos and has just been going through <laughs> Not, the list ever since. I can't give since. away the secret of this. I can't be giving away the secret of the sauce. You, man. This is from a Wikipedia page. I'm sure if we cared enough, we could look it up and just follow along no, with I, you. I will, I will firmly say, if anybody tries to find the list I'm using, you'll fail. Because there is no yeah, list right. that I'm using. That I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm also saying, guys, we have a live show coming up Ooh, in like yeah. three weeks. Okay. October 25th. I know it's a Tuesday, but it's like Halloween week. So just take it off anyway. Tuesday? Just, you got sick. More like booze day, you know what I'm saying? Like it's spooky, Hell like it's Halloween. Yeah. That's Hell the day you yeah. want to What if? What if we sweeten the deal? Let's say it's Tuesday, and you're the, you're like in LA. What if we said like, what if we all like hung out for a little bit at Grand Central? We like got yeah. tacos, Taco Tuesday. Like we're just putting Tuesday. it out there. We're we're Bang. giving you like ways to come be goofy on a Tuesday. Bang. So you're saying. Before the show, we'll do a little fan meet and greet, hang out, eat some food, drink. I'm I'm putting the possibilities there for anybody to come. Anybody, yeah. Nobody, you don't need a ticket but for you, that. But if you have a ticket, you I will. Extra. I'll smooch you a little bit. I, you know what else though? Also, uh, <laughs> <laughs> beyond that, that could be good. Is I saw this on Reddit. Is you guys should make sure when you come out to see us at Grand Central, we're sitting out on the patio enjoying our Taco Tuesday. Uh. Hold your fangs out and make sure they get as much sunlight onto them as possible. Mm -hmm. Your plastic vampire fangs, because if you don't, then Alex's big smile won't be the blinding light show that I want it to be one minute into our show when I bring it up and come out on stage. You know what I'm saying? Hashtag Alex's big smile. Find him on Amazon. Find him at Target. Find him at Party City. It's going to be huge. It's gonna be huge. I'll see Actually, you, guys you can there. just go to the uh, the Halloween store thing that opens up. Spirit Halloween. It'll be yeah, open. There you go. Yeah. There. Exactly. It will. Uh, it yeah. it literally will be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm super excited, man. I love doing these live shows, and a little Taco Tuesday will be a lot of fun. Plus, there's other things besides tacos. There, it is That's truly true. a beautiful little spot in the city. Plus, it's pretty close to where the show is. So, and the show's gonna be great. I promise you won't regret, especially that first half. It's going to be so good. Especially the first half. In the second half, you'll be half asleep anyway, so don't even stress it. It's You're Tuesday. Be, you got work in the, the morning. The second half is all, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make the second half weird as I possibly you? can. What? Hey, man, I found an alien who got buried with Christian rights in Texas from the 1800s. All right. Like we can, we will find something. LA, LA is full to, of weird shit. You can just bring someone in from outside. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Especially if we were exactly. near, especially if we were near where we were last time. That was like not the greatest, uh. Zone. You mean oh, the place where, where Jesse's car got robbed while we were performing? What? Crazy. <laughs> yeah. You know what was nice about that? It was very thought. It was a thoughtful robbing. 
They didn't take anything that they like. They were like, mm, we don't need that. We don't. They all they took were clothes I was gonna give to Goodwill and my sunglasses, which I'm upset about the sunglasses. They were prescription, but everything else I'm totally fine with. And then they closed the car back up. The only yeah, reason they, I they recognized was, it was broken into is because papers were like on the floor. They didn't put the papers away. <laughs> Crazy, really strange, fucking yeah. hilarious. And that was it. Makes for a good story, but that night, you know, frustrating. Certainly frustrating. Very. Frustrating. What else is frustrating? Is my handoff to Alex for the Patreon. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Hey, but you know what? <laughs> Check it out. Uh, if you go to that website, patreon.com slash pod, not only do you get to listen to this show more, because, you know, that's literally the main way that we continue to do this is through support on Patreon. Pa- yeah. Patreon is the lifeblood of the show, everybody. Yeah. You have no idea how much it means to us. Yeah. Uh, but also, as you support on Patreon, you can watch us grow with you and add things to our show like an entire new show called Rotten Popcorn, which is about movies that Mathis probably hasn't seen before. And some that like, I, the the way that the movies that we've been watching are weird goes beyond anything that I could have ever imagined already. And we've only done what, like six? I'm excited for the next one. I've been waiting to watch this damn movie for the last month and I'm very excited. Yeah. It's going to be lit. Yeah. Jesse's got, this is your second, this is your third choice, Jesse, your third pick. You, we did I, pay no. the ghost. We did pay the ghost. That was a good one. And we did the the alien documentary that was like oh, too good. That was Alex. That was no. Me. That was me. The one where oh, I, I made you, was the one that made I'm you guys. Wait, this cry. is my second one. Yeah. Yeah. I thought yeah. that was Jesse's. No, was all I me, would baby. never be like. Oh, okay. Let's watch never the alien mind. documentary that is that I've never heard of before. That <laughs> oh, really. But did you, then we did do the ghost hunters OG. Oh, the <laughs> that was also Alex. That yeah. was great though. That was hilarious well the next one's a good documentary supposedly so i'm excited it'll be exclusive on patreon all uh, all rotten popcorns are exclusive on patreon for six months so uh if you jump on you're gonna get like five right out the gate plus every time you listen to one of these episodes and it's new you know that also hanging out on our patreon is a brand new mini show that you can go listen to not to mention you get pre-sale tickets you get pre-sale merch you get art like everything that we do is so dope and the portal to get you there, it's patreon.com slash Um, And I like it. <laughs> and frankly, I'm a fan. Yeah. And without it, we wouldn't be paying Dean. So thank you, Dean says. Yeah, we got a whole team over here. Busting we got a butt. whole little team. We got a yeah. little team going on. Shout out, Dean. Oh, last thing. If you loved our Mothman plushie and you want more, you have to go over to the Chiluminati uh, page on the Yeti and... Uh, put a notify me things. The only way Yeti said they told me that they'll make more is if there's basically enough of a demand for a third wave. So if you are one of the people tweeting at us like, ah, I missed it, go sign up. That's the only way. So it'll uh, it'll hopefully get us a third wave of those suckers because they're fucking adorable. I want my Mothman plush. You know what? It was, it was a good attempt. Good attempt. I lost steam halfway. You could have gone with, I want Chiluminati. That would have worked a lot better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could have done a whole between thing. The, I was ready. Between the two of us, rock solid idea. If we could have had this planned out. <laughs> Today, everybody is a, is a treat. People really enjoy these. They come so so uh, rarely, so infrequently. Always so uncomplicated. Like a shooting star across the sky that's actually a UFO. 
which we'll be talking about that fucking government shit in the minisode, by the way. I'm losing my mind about that crap, but this is I a Jesse episode, everybody. I love how obsessed you are. Because it's still on their server. They didn't delete it off the website. It's just still safe. That just sounds like lazy bureaucracy to me, but like... But like, what was the point? Why two days of it? Why upload an unfinished one and then a day later switch it to a finished one and then two days later remove it entirely? Fantastic question. We'll talk about the government agency that used a old-timey 1950s UFO on its logo later. Oh, God. Okay. Anyway, it's a Jesse episode, everybody. It's a Jesse episode. Buckle up. Gentlemen. This is a story, and I guess listeners, but I'm looking at you right now, so I'm going to say gentlemen. <laughs> but ladies, gentlemen, boils and ghouls. As we approach the start of October and and a month-long Halloween fun time. The launch of Hocus Pocus 2 on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> I can't wait. I wanted to bring up a story today that immediately, you listening at home, the two of you are going to be like, oh, I know where this is going. But I promise you, you have no idea. This is okay. a story that I've been sitting on for almost four years at this point what it has been i know this is a story that i've had in my back pocket that i've just been kind of like one day i want to do something with and uh this podcast just sort of happened and as i've discovered happen. recently i probably have mass super adhd and so this has just been in my folders <laughs> of like saved things i wanted to look at one day and the other day i was going through and i found it again and i become obsessed with it and so i was like i need to do this episode i need to do this episode and so i want to bring to you the story of the elfausto the elfausto Elf the elfausto or the okay. faust the elfausto the <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> El Fausto. This is a story El that uh, I originally picked up from Reddit and ran with it. Huge thank you to Hello Lurker here on Reddit because Great this screening. is a story that is vastly, 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 almost all the source documents, everything is in Spanish, not English. So to have a person out there who already compiled everything in like a, it's English for you, baby way. You're my hero. Shout out yeah. to you. Honestly, this is that incredible. was when I did the uh, Alien Jizz episode a while ago. Like, it was mm -hmm. all in Spanish. That shit is... That puts you in a... That's a slow-mo climb, so kudos to them. And what's great about it is it gives us access to a story, in this case, of the El Fausto, that I guarantee not many people are looking up or know about. And this is one where I absolutely have tried to search things online. There is very little about it. Again, because I think... Most of it's in Spanish and, you know, Google or whatever I'm using to search for stuff isn't like, give Jesse Johnny English over here, the, the Spanish Johnny websites. English. Johnny English. So, Mr. Well, not John, Jesse English, <laughs> his cousin, his American cousin, Jesse English. Thank you to ButcherBox for sponsoring this episode. And with ButcherBox, what you're getting is premium deals on premium cuts of high quality meat and seafood. That's just way easier than ever for you to get your hands on. You get to choose from a carefully curated selection of 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, wild-caught seafood, and more, all delivered directly to your doorstep. It's just that simple. And ButcherBox has a special offer for all of our listeners right now. Right now, ButcherBox is offering new members two free New York strips 
and eight ounces of cold cracked lobster in your first box, plus an extra 10 bucks off. That's cold cracked lobster meat from ButcherBox, which is wild caught by independent harvesters in the North Atlantic and then pressure extracted from the claws and knuckles. So you get the most delicious and succulent lobster that you've ever tasted. And you might be saying, hey, hey Mike, what are the benefits of ButcherBox? And there's just too many to list, but I'll give you a couple. First, it gives you peace of mind. ButcherBox just simply takes the guesswork out of finding high quality meat and seafood that you can trust. All humanely raised with no antibiotics and or added hormones. The big thing for lazy people like me is it's also the ultimate convenience. You get exactly what you ordered delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping for the continental US and no surprise fees. And you can choose from a variety of box plan options or just customize and curate your own personal box. ButcherBox is offering our listeners free New York strips and lobster plus 10% off on your first box in case you forgot that I, you know, I said that already. Sign up today at butcherbox.com chill to get those two 10 ounce New York strip steaks and eight ounce of lobster claw knuckle meat free on that first order and $10 off your first box. That's butcherbox.com chill. Today, we're gonna travel to La Palma Island which is the westernmost island, well, one of them, of the Canary Islands off the coast of Morocco and to the west of uh, Western Sahara in Africa. Uh, Literally look like it up. a place I would love to be right now. Right? The Canary right? Islands? Yeah. Give me a break. Feel free to look it up on your phone or computer if you got one nearby. It's like beautiful and rocky shores and like it's just it looks like a fucking to be... JRPG over there. Like it's it's no, it's nonsense. <laughs> That's a great way to explain it. It looks like it's... PS5 graphics. Like it's fucked up over there. Yeah, it's beautiful. <gasps> it's truly beautiful. And what a way um, to describe reality in the terms of something that's just not quite able to do it yet. It's yeah. so colorful. It's so shiny. It doesn't look real. That's what I'll say. It looks <laughs> like a PS5. It's got PS5 graphics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fucking good ass graphics, bro. And it, being a good ass graphics island in the middle of the Atlantic, um, it relies on boats to do almost everything it does. All shapes and sizes. It keeps the industry going. It's it's how things work. And the so mayor we're talking about. A boat. Just kidding. What? <laughs> I said the mayor is a boat. It's a right. Yeah. Not, it's a good. It's a terrible bit. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> and so today we're going to talk about one such boat, the El Fausto, the Faust. It's a 14 meter, 20 ton vessel used for shipping and fishing. Uh, you know, but not like huge things. We're talking about like hauling fruit or veggies. 14 or meters or... is like the Millennium Falcon of boats. You know what I mean? We're not talking about <laughs> a huge boat. Well, yeah. I actually have a photo of it for you right here. So you can oh, see perfect. exactly what it looks like. So you don't have to rely on my description. Yep, that's a boat. Yep. Okay. So when you think looks... when you think small <laughs> sailing boat, that's kind of the image that most people would probably conjure in their head. If you think of the phrase toot toot, uh, and you're in relation to a boat, this is what you're gonna think of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It 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 definitely fits like a bunch of guys, but it's not huge in any sort of sense of the word and it is just like they go out and they fish and it's got a motor and potentially maybe you could put a sail up there but no there's no sail um and so this ship was one of many in the area at the time operating doing its thing and in 1968 the ship was owned by rafael acosta who um had it crewed by basically family and friends so um 
On the crew of the ship was Ramon and Alberto Hernandez, and then their cousins Miguel and Vitber. Vit, I can't get this name right ever. Viterbo or Viterbo Acosta. I love that. And yeah, it's a great name. And here's the thing: just to set this all up, they're all in their 40s. They're all experienced sailors. They all have families. They all are total like sea badasses. This is not a one-time family vacation to the lake. This is daily routine type stuff is what you're saying. Absolutely. These guys are professional sailors. They know what they're doing. So on July 20th, 1968, during the early evening hours, the El Fasto's in port, and they're going to head to El Hierro Island, which is like, 50 miles or 80 kilometers south, like directly south. And um, they're going to carry some explosives, which I always thought was weird. They're going to carry explosives there to be used for agricultural purposes on the island. What I year? assume they're blowing up mountains or rocks or whatever. And What year was it again? What now? It's 1968. 68. Okay. So that's, yeah, 19- that's bold. Bombs for agriculture. Yeah. Um, you know, they were going to just blow up some stuff. And, um, at the moment, only three of the crew could attend because, uh, Viterbo was going to be part of like a local festival for some reason. I guess he was very important in that like role of help facilitating the festival. I guess he was like one of the organizers. He was like, sorry guys, I can't make it. But you know, the three of them were like, dude, easy. This isn't even like a hard trip. So... The three that are remaining, uh, Ramon, Iliberto, and Miguel, they jump in the boat. They head south, carrying the explosives. And several hours later, the El Fausto arrives at uh, Frontera, which is a town in the northern part of El Hierro. And there they drop off the explosives. They load in roughly 20 pounds of fruit. And uh, just because I thought it's super fascinating, here's a photo of those three men so you can even like see what they look like. Yep, those are those are three sailors in suits. This is like it almost looks like 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 a movie photoshopping somebody into like an old picture how like Yeah. Totally generic these guys look. Speaking of PS5 game, it does look like a photo you'd find in a PS5 game. Dead yeah, ass, yeah, like, yeah. these weird characters. Yeah. Yeah. In the back, to, in, like, in, in, to investigate, mm-hmm. use the stick to turn it over. Yeah. Says something vaguely scary on the back, like, she will know the secrets. <laughs> well, I can't, I can't wait. So, <laughs> so huh. while all this is going on, there's a man on the island named Julio Garcia. And Julio... Missed the last boat back to La Palma. Apparently, there is a sh- like a, a ferry that travels between the islands, and he received a call from his wife earlier that day that his daughter was ill, and he wanted to get back as soon as possible to see her. And sadly, he missed the last boat off, and he was told it's going to be two days before the next boat arrives. God. And so, unwilling to even like wait, he runs down to the dock, sees a boat come in, and he's like, guys. Please let me on your boat. I need to get back to La Palma to see my kid. And the three men that you just saw were like, dude, it's chill. Come aboard. We're not going to charge you a damn thing for the trip. Don't worry about fuel or whatever. It's totally (laughs) fine. And this is a photo of that man. This is Julio. Who's this baby? One of his kids. I think he has a daughter and a son, I think. The baby looks sus of everything. The baby (laughs) baby looks like he's going to be the king one day. (laughs) The baby's ready. (laughs) 
Guy looks very generic. Guy's wearing linens. He looks like he's wearing like sailory clothes, like oceany side clothes. He just looks clothes. like a normal dude, to be honest. Like yeah. nothing looks about like this he's is sitting weird. in front of a giant UFO for some reason. But other than that, <laughs> it does seem like a Ooh, giant yeah. metal something, like a camper, like an old Skyliner yeah. or whatever those are called. Yeah. And so, um, finally, at two thirty a.m. on the twenty-first of July, nineteen sixty-eight, all four men set sail for La Palma, which again is directly north. And are never seen again. Yo. All right. I was waiting for one of those. Here you go. This is the map of where they were going from. So the bottom is uh, El Hierro. And they're going to La Palma, which is directly north. Like a fucking straight north line. Yeah. Like literally, it's just, just a line straight drawn between two islands. That's literally all Absolutely it is. Absolutely straight north. Yeah. Abs- it's, uh, there is no way anyone could get lost doing this. So the Fausto is expected to arrive at 10 a.m. How Never big of a distance it. is that? 50 miles. So you could maybe even, maybe you can't see it, but you can like if see it pretty soon after you leave. Yeah, I mean, like it, it's, it's, it would be, I, every time I think about 50 miles, I think about when I lived in Dayton, Ohio, driving to Cincinnati. Yeah. It would be like, I don't know, by car, like an hour. Yeah. It's like driving you know? to Disneyland. Yeah. Yeah. And so... At 10 a.m., they're expected to be there. They do not show up, and Raphael, the guy who owns the the boat, assumes, hey, there's probably a delay. So, uh, and the reason why he thought there was a delay is because that morning there was some mist in the area. It wasn't like making it hard to see, but they might have slowed down as to not hit the island as they approached quickly. You know what I mean? Right. And so he thought maybe there was a delay. So, because he had a little bit of a doubt, he said, all right, well, maybe... The engine broke, but you know, my employees know what they're doing. So, all right, I'm going to send another boat to follow the exact same route, which they had already said what they were doing. So like this straight line, they knew where they were going to go. So like, okay, I'm going to send a boat out and it's going to take, I don't know, maybe six, seven hours for them to do this. And they went up and down. They saw nothing. They radioed back. No trace of the ship. It was not there. And, now he's a little bit more worried, and so he calls the authorities about a missing ship. On July 22nd, an emergency message is radioed to all ships in the area and to the west uh, in the Atlantic proper that the Fausto was missing at sea, and then at noon from Gran Canaria, a, uh, a plane takes off and heads west to search the Atlantic. And, you know, despite the search... Having optimal weather conditions, it's sunny, there's no cloud, excellent visibility. The plane's crew comes back and they're like, we got nothing. They hadn't spotted a single ship that even looked like it. Um, And all the other searches that had happened on the water found nothing at all either. (coughs) And they spent more and more time looking and nothing happened. And as time passed on, the worry was like, look, all they have is 20 pounds of fruit, no water, and within days, they'll be dead. So if the ship didn't sink, they're they're most likely going to be dead within the next 24, 48 hours anyway. So, like, if we can't find them now, they're they're lost at sea. They're done. Damn. That's awful. I can't. Yeah. I, ugh, ugh. Being lost at sea is such, like, a horrifying thought. It's right up there with, like, buried alive for me. <laughs> it's not. It's just right? the thing that's. Yeah. The crazy thing about it is that it's such a short distance. Like, normally when people go missing, it's like. Amelia Earhart was like, I'm going to fly 
around the world, mm-hmm. you know, or some shit like that. Like it doesn't look like a, whatever, a small like, distance, but also like how very quickly I bet you lose sight of the land and suddenly you just all you can see is water. I'm just saying it's crazy that they are gone mm-hmm. and that there is no sign mm-hmm. of them. Like it's there's well, not like <laughs> Well, that is until July twenty fifth. Three Uh-oh. days later, like July twenty, shortly after 20, midnight, nineteen sixty eight. Three days later, shortly after midnight, the maritime authorities received a radio message from the British reefer ship, yeah. the Duchess. And if you're curious hey, what a reefer ship is, reefer ship, the Duchess, come on. If you're curious what a reefer ship is, it is not what you think. It stands for refrigeration. It's literally a big ship that Bullshit. carries things that are If you ever make a cold. search enough where I can buy a ship, I'm naming my ship the reefer ship. Yep. The reefer ship? Great. I'm here for it. I'm naming yeah, my um, ship the Duchess. What are you talking about? Are you kidding me? <laughs> and so this ship calls in saying, hey, we are coming from South America en route to the Netherlands, and we spotted a fishing boat seemingly adrift in the Atlantic. Here's the thing. The boat's crew is using a flashlight to signal us. Um, should we approach them? What should we do here? It's 120 miles west of La Palma. Way off off of the route. And here is the photo of where this signal was saw, seen. What the fuck were they saying? Oh, my God. They they went in a straight line the other direction. (laughs) Yeah, they are so completely off track. And so after they just did like a 90 degree turn and then just went yeah. they, they, they're like headed out more into the Atlantic now, which is bizarre considering this is a series of islands. You figured they would know directions, compass, like if they're experienced 40, like the oldest guy's 47, the youngest guy's 41. So they're all in their 40s and they know what's up. So you would figure they would be able to do this. Anyway, that's, I mean, and again, this is why this uh, ship is like, what is this? But a flashlight's signaling to them. So they're like, okay, let's get a closer look. And they discover, yes, it is 100% the Fausto. They're told the Fausto's missing. And so the Duchess confirms, yeah, it's the Fausto. Here's the thing. Ramon, Eliberto, Miguel, and Julio are all alive, all on the top, like on the deck, waving and uh, signaling to them. They're dehydrated. They're sunburnt, but they're alive. And so this news quickly spreads to La Palma and then to, you know, everywhere really on the islands. Everyone on the islands was concerned about this. It was a big story. Well, the ship uh, had a few Spanish-speaking crew members. And so the Duchess was like trying to communicate with them. And they said, hey, look, come aboard, man. We will, we will give you food and water. We'll get you straight. So they did. They came aboard. They got food. They got water. I love how it mentions that they got cigarettes. Right. And then they were offered a trip back to La Palma. And this is where things took a turn for the strange. The four crew members of the Fausto refused the offer. Instead, they said, hey, all we need to get back is enough fuel and food and we can do it ourselves. And the crew was like, are, are you sure your boat? Is it all right? Wasn't it broken down? Why were you just sitting in the water there? Uh, is something wrong? Like, didn't this Julio guy need to get back to his wife and kid? <laughs> and the four of them are like, it's fine. No, all, all we just need is some stuff to get back. Don't even stress it. Like, no big deal. What Nothing's the out of the fuck? ordinary. Yeah. And then the crew of the Duchess were like, I mean, they seem fine. We questioned them. And yeah, they had a near death, ex- near death experience, <laughs> but 
they weren't even remotely close to the state that people find most castaways, which is like mentally broken, right? right. Like yeah. it isn't just near that experience. It is like the heat and the oppressive nature of the ocean and like salt and just your body and you're going crazy. Most people are gone when they're found as castaways. These guys seem fine. Could it be possible so, that them not wanting help is them being fucking crazy? <laughs> good, very good point. <laughs> if I was, if I was, the, this is like a Star Trek episode, first of all, <laughs> but if I was, if I was the captain, I would be like, no, you're coming with us. They, they, they checked the boat and it seemed entirely seaworthy and totally fine. The engine worked. Everything was fine. They, they couldn't figure out what was going on there, but they then sent them on their way and That's they watched, crazy. they watched as the Fausto headed east back to the islands and the Duchess radioed saying, Hey, based on where we're at and based on where they're headed, they should be there by 7 PM. So literally the town of uh, Tazacorte, which is like in the southern part of La Palma, where these people are from, they all the people in the town flocked to the port to wait for the ship's arrival. They were so excited. A celebration started. They brought out food. They brought out wine. They all stood around with the, the four families and they were like eyes to the horizon. They had this big party. This is documented. Here's a, one photo. And here is another photo. Of okay, like, so there's there's a lot of fucking people. I thought it was going to be like a few people. We're talking like the village is here. Everyone yeah. is here. Everyone showed up. This was, uh, there's like a hundred people in this photograph, at least. Yeah, and the other one is like sort of down more towards the water, and it's just people sitting around waiting. A lot more and boats. There's yeah, all these boats out there. So like. People were excited for them to return. This was a major story on the islands. And uh, from what I understand, also in like Spanish newspapers at the time, it was, it was pretty big. This was like the missing ship. And the and fact surely that the found, Duchess followed them all the way back. <laughs> you would port, imagine. Right? Surely. Well, at seven, no ship arrived. Then eight, nine, hours began to pass by and no ship appeared. Oh, my <laughs> God. As the crowd dispersed, the families of the four men stayed at the docks until morning, but the Fausto never showed up. It was missing again. What the fuck were they doing? How far? Like, you can see, like, can't you see, like, 20 miles on a ship? God, that is so fucking weird. Yeah, and this time it was day. So, like, yeah. they, they, like, by the time they got all set up, it wasn't like they were sending them back out at night. They were sending them out no. during the day, and it would take them a few hours, and they'd arrive at 7 p.m. So, <laughs> this is why I love this story, because it's always, it's so many twists, it makes no sense. Thank you to our really longtime partner, Talkspace, for sponsoring this episode. It's important to prioritize your mental health and wellness every day, because when you work on yourself, you'll start to see and feel positive changes in all areas of your life. The long-term effects of therapy can give you the tools to deal with challenges as they arise, strengthen your relationships, and give you a more optimistic outlook on life. There's no better time to invest in yourself than right now. And getting started is the most important part. There's no need to wait until something goes wrong in your life to work with a therapist. Of course, Talkspace is also there to help you with any specific challenges you might be facing. It is the number one online therapy platform, after all, with thousands of licensed therapists trained in over 40 specialties, including anxiety, depression, relationships, and more. Your therapist can help you set and achieve your goals. 
Talkspace is mental health care that meets you wherever you are and simplifies taking care of your therapy and psychiatric needs because it eliminates the need to commute to appointments, miss time at work, or line up childcare in order to attend sessions. Plus, instead of waiting for an appointment, you can send text messages to your therapist to let them know the issues you're facing in real time. It's mental health care made easy. Talkspace has thousands of licensed therapists with years of experience in over 40 specialties, including depression, anxiety, substance abuse, trauma, anger management, relationship issues, food and eating, and so much more. It's also secure and private using the latest end-to-end -end bank grade encryption technology to store client information and complying with the latest HIPAA regulations. And as a listener of this podcast, you're going to get $100 off of your first month with Talkspace. To match with your licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com. Make sure you use the code CHILL to get $100 off of your first month and show your support for the show. That's CHILL and Talkspace.com. Then, on July 26th, early in the morning, four planes took off from Gran Canaria now, all with very clear orders. Fly to the exact point where the Duchess found the Fausto, establish a search radius, and then spend all day plotting speed and courses and search everything that it could possibly be a, 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 like a possible location for this ship. Other ships joined in, both military and civilian, including the Castor or research vessel. Damn. There's like documents about it. Um, aid was requested from mainland Spain. And they sent it's like Marco Rosso. <laughs> they sent hydroplanes to come and like they had DC Douglases. Uh, they had all these different ships involved in the search, and literally it was covering pretty much everything from the uh, peninsula, you know, the Iberian Peninsula there, all the way down past Morocco into the Atlantic. They were looking everywhere for these people. Yeah, they how had, far could they possibly have gone? Right. Yeah, it, it was. It's been less than a day, <laughs> right? Like the next, they were supposed to arrive at seven. This is the next day after <laughs> that. So they are sending everyone to give you an amount of cost involved. It was a, it was approximately or would be today approximately 2.26 million US dollars for for this search and it this lasted only a few days. Significant effort. Yeah. Yeah, they put That's in money. Crazy. And yet after all of that effort the search of the Fausto was finally called off on August 7th. The boat no officially ship? no ship. The boat officially being classified as lost at sea. Damn. Here's the best part. I, oh, see, I told you, you never know where this is That's going. ridiculous. Yes, it is ridiculous. Fast forward to October 9th. Now we're months later. Two months had passed. Yeah. And little by little, the families were coming to terms with the fact that, like, they're probably not coming back. They had lost their loved ones. And despite the crazy happenstance of them finding and, like, finding on the ship, being alive, and then refusing help for some reason... That you know what they're actually gone, and like with all things, the news moved on, society moved on. Just the family seemed to really care. Mm -hmm. But meanwhile, in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, oh God. an Italian Fuck merchant ship, an Italian merchant ship named the Anna de Anna de Mayo Mayo M A I O M A I O No, yeah, like Mao. Uh, Mayo, I think that's how you would say it, or Mio, Anna de Mio, whatever it is. I'll call it the Anna. Um, it was heading to Venezuela, 
And while they're on the way to Venezuela, they spotted something in the distance. Venezuela? (laughs) Yeah. It was a dark, cloudy morning, but visibility was definitely still good. And they saw something. And they're like, we need to get closer. What the hell is that? And once they were in range, they noticed it was a fishing boat. The kind not really made for crossing the Atlantic. (laughs) But as they approached, two things became very clear. One, her name written on the boat was El Falsto. And two. off. No one was at the wheel. Okay, and this is uh, sorry. So, how how long after? They, they pe- this is two months. Two this months. Is okay. Oof. This is where it was found. This is the map location. Good. Of where They're it was just found. in the middle of the ocean. They're just nowhere near anything. Literally, like yeah, like dead man's yeah. land over here. Huh. Yes, Venezuela. Venezuela, by the way, is in South America. Correct. Like we're talking about Morocco to South America. We're talking about. In between, like, nothing is there. Yep, nothing. So the Anna pulls up alongside the fishing boat, and the first mate, Luciano Asione, um, along with another deck sailor who is unnamed, boarded the vessel. And this is just, this is the first mate. This is the Anna. Just so you can get a vibe of who this guy is, what he looks like. Why do they have these, like, incredible images? Yeah, they got these profile shots. Dude, this stuff was in (laughs) paint. Uh, when we're done, if people want to take a look, I will uh, send yeah, to Mathis please. all of the Spanish language. That's like it's in newspapers. It's like this was big. This was a big a thing huge that happened. Deal, yeah, we just don't know about it. Yeah, yeah. And so, language barrier. Exactly. Crazy. No one's on deck. He goes over. There's no one on deck. He goes down to the cabin. No one's in the cabin. Although it appeared to be in completely excellent condition like it was like recently just like fixed up all nice there's no signs of violence no signs of damage no signs of panic and according to him it's a perfectly seaworthy ship just kind of floating in the atlantic and despite all of his best efforts he can't find a logbook he can't find anything that explains what happened or any signs of where the crew might have gone to there's nothing which he thought was very very strange so he goes back up onto the deck and begins to look around more. And he's like, oh, the engine compartment. I definitely should check in there. He opens the engine compartment, jumps down inside, and there laying face up next to the engine is the body of a dead man. Naked, a transistor radio found by his body. But here's the thing. The man had clearly been dead for some time because his body was near mummified. Huh. What do you mean mummified? Like... Near yeah, well, I would air. imagine be like by yeah, exactly. I would air. imagine the salt yeah, air yeah, yeah, yeah. actually does quite a bit of mummification. And so, at least from what he could tell, he's like, this person's been dead for a while. This isn't like this guy died last week. This guy's been right. dead for a while. And next to him was a, a notebook. And so he was like, "What the okay." Guy who came over with me, get your ass back to the main ship, report back that we just discovered this thing, tell everyone that, like, this is messed up. And he stays behind in the ship, and he's inspecting the engine room, and he's trying to, like, find clues as to what could have possibly happened. And, again, like I said, he found this notebook, and he started going through it. And upon opening it, the first thing he noticed was that the first couple pages are all numbers, like just like scribbles of numbers. And he's like, interesting, but it, it made no sense to him. It was what like math in and the stuff. World? It's uh-huh. just, and then he starts flipping through. And after the numbers, he finds 28 ripped oh, out pages. Okay. They are missing. All the contents is missing. 28 pages gone. And then 
After that, on the last page, he discovers like something that he can't really understand because he's Italian, it's Spanish, and he kind of gets the gist, and it's looks like a farewell. Like someone writing a farewell. Like a so suicide. he realizes there nobody's coming Maybe. for you. Right. It's just like a farewell letter. And so he's like, all right, I don't speak Spanish, but I'm going to take the book. I'm going to take all these other documents I found, and I'm going to bring them back to the Anna. And once he gets One back, guy, huh? Yeah. One guy. Everyone else missing. And so he brings it back to the Anna. And on October 11th, well, I'm sorry. Well, they go back. They radio in. They say, we found the boat. And this is what we're going to do. We're going to keep the body on the boat. We're going to store it like for crime scene related stuff. We're going to keep the body on the boat. We're not going to touch anything else. We're going to we're going to tow this ship to Venezuela and have the Venezuelan authorities take a look at it. And we'll hold on to the notebook and we'll hold on to everything just to like keep it safe. October 11th comes around less than two days after they began towing the Fausto in the middle of the night. Authorities receive a crazy telegram from the Anna. Bizarre to the point of disbelief. They inform them that while being towed, uh-huh. the Fausto vanished. What do you mean? Yeah, how do you? What do you they mean? They believe they believed that it somehow had sunk bow first overnight. Which I looked up as I was like, "What does that mean?" Basically, like you know, the front goes down. But like, here's the thing. The only way that can happen is if the boat's going either too fast, the boat's that's towing, it's too fast, or that they made like a weird turn and like the waves messed up the boat behind it. But you would figure these guys are in a giant boat. They're not kind of, they're not doing that. I don't think. So it just. Yeah, this will be interesting to our Navy listeners or people who just know boats in general. Uh, Let us know. Uh, Either. The boat's being towed and it sinks and nobody notices. They said that um, the boat, like. capsized somehow and potential that's what happened because that's, the that's the outrageous. cord the cord was like underwater and i guess the boat maybe was sucked underwater and <clears throat> ripped away from the cord and so maybe that's why like they don't they don't have a clue but what i do know is that right here is where it disappeared so this is them even closer to uh, yeah, Venezuela. they're still still very much in the middle of nowhere, but closer to Venezuela, yeah. middle of nowhere. Barely, barely moved. Yeah, it doesn't all, it really. doesn't look like it moved all that much. Again, this is less than two days later. Yeah. So they're, they're they clearly, from what I can establish, seem to have slowed their movement down as not to capsize the boat, which I think was the purpose. Right? They were they were towing in How evidence. Do you not notice when what somebody woke up and it was gone uh, in the middle of the night. Gone. They reported immediately. They were like, "This thing is gone. It's gone." Bro, um, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it, it, it was very, I mean, very there's crazy. Always, there's always the possibility as well, like that they were being lazy. They thought it was no big deal. Nobody's on the ship. They didn't have to rescue anybody. They took it easy that night. Maybe they went to bed or sleep and they just sure. missed it. I'm not saying that's what happened, but you always got to kind of keep that in mind, too. The boat gone and with it sinking, the body was gone, too. Right. That sucks. All that was left were the documents recovered by Luciano and eventually the notebook was returned to Spain and was returned to the families. And the crazy thing is that upon immediately seeing it, Julio Garcia's wife instantly recognized his handwriting. She was like, that is my husband's notebook. I would recognize that anywhere. Those numbers in the beginning aren't like some weird wacky code. He was a mechanic who did odd jobs around the Island and he would like 
write down numbers of what people owed mm, him okay. and he'd write down numbers of like what uh, you I know see. certain things were and so this was all like this was his journal he took him with him wherever he went and she's like that's not suspicious at all what's weird is the mm-hmm. ending the fact that there's 28 pages missing and the fact that there's this note to her and um basically as she's looking through this she says the last page contains a farewell to his family that um Luciana was going to or that Luciana, the guy from the, the, the Anna understood. He like got that bit, but the like subtext, the things he couldn't pick up on was the fact that it was instructing his wife, how to proceed with like insurance stuff and how to sell properties and how to like, if he died, what to do with okay. money. And then it ends with don't ever tell their then five-year-old son's name. All that has happened to me. You know that God wanted this fate for me. Love you. Then he writes his address below that. Huh. His home address? Yeah. Now it almost, now with that last bit, it almost sounds like a suicide note. I feel like I know, I feel like I know what happened here. I feel like I, my first question is why were they on this boat in the first place? They were going to make a delivery, right? Apparently they were going to go make a delivery. Yeah, my question is, number one, what was in that boat originally? And number two, I wonder if they were under duress when they were rescued. Well, I wonder if what... Yeah, yeah. exactly. Interesting yeah, you should yeah. bring that up. So, first off, because I love the fact that primary sources, man, this is the actual last page that was Dang. kept by the wife from 2013. Cool. It's cool to have something like that. That's That's really... Yeah, this is it. This is the last page. And so, and yeah, it looks like aged paper from one of those like notebook things that you would flip over the top, like each page over the top and you rip them out. Fascinating stuff. So looks like my aunt's handwriting, actually. After looking at the notebook, investigators concluded that since the vast majority of it was all numbers at the beginning and then 28 pages were ripped out, that he must have documented what happened. And then the last page is sort of like, because it comes out of nowhere, really. It's kind of an explanation, but those 28 pages, something happened to them. Whatever it was, it documented what happened. And this, of course, left many questions, and they are, what was written on the 28 pages? Why were they removed and by who? What happened to the rest of the crew? Why did they refuse to be towed, uh, like to be taken back by the Duchess? Why do they say that nothing was out of the ordinary when they were first found? Why didn't they offer any explanation as to why they disappeared in the first place? And since that time, there have been many, many theories. And I just want to go through some of them because they are like fascinating. But also what's interesting is these are there's like ones that are like built into the Mm. mythos that I think is like literally our urban legend now in uh, the Canary Islands. Like this is to them. This is oh, that definitely happened. Like that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. so uh, the first one is they were trying to make a better life for themselves in, themselves in Venezuela. And a lot of people are like, that doesn't make any sense. They were leaving their families. Also, they weren't even prepared no. for the trip. Like, they, like why were I'm, they trying to make their way there honestly, if they didn't have anything needed for Honestly, more sense if you want to look at it from, in my mind, like, make their lives better. If they were all poor or and they had insurance, you know, on them, so they maybe like a group goodbye kind of thing where the families will be taken care of, the insurance will make sure they're not in poverty anymore, but it does mean they have to go fucking kill themselves. Well, here's the thing, and I, I think I'm not a big Spanish scholar, but I'm pretty sure at this time period... Um, this was like post Franco regime. And I'm pretty sure 
Spain okay. was like at its poorest so that. it had ever been. And the Canary Islands aren't like they got like Spanish flavor, but they're not getting the same treatment right. that Spain proper is. So right. Right. it's probably very poor there. And so you I mean, like it is possible that they were so poor they thought, OK, we're doing this for our families. I mean, that's I guess that's why it's included on the list. Another one is they witnessed something they weren't supposed to see. This goes to the fact that a few months earlier, in roughly the same spot, the USS Scorpion was sunk, and many people think it was a secret Soviet sub that was in the area, and maybe they came across it, and maybe they saw something. But the question is, again, why reject help? Like, why would you reject? Like, you're on a boat. Get out of there. But maybe they were like, that ship is in the water, and if we go with these people, they're going to sink the whole boat. You know what I mean? I don't know. Who knows? Another one is like what Alex was kind of hinting at. What was on the boat? Were they trafficking guns or drugs or whatever? They were taking explosives. So clearly maybe something else was going on here and they didn't want to be caught by authorities, which is why they were not wanting to go on the boat. Here's the thing. After looking into it, Mm. they all turned out to be debt free. They had no criminal records and you know, the ship's owner was super clean. So they just seem like normal fishermen. Many mysteries. I have. What if they got boarded and then somebody wanted to take the ship? So they hid below when they got found and were like, you better come back here. We're going to kill you. But they were doing flashlight SOS shit. So like. That's what I'm saying. That's what like. That's totally silent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. True. Today's episode is sponsored by Honey, the easy way to save when you're shopping on your iPhone or computer. I don't know how you feel about online shopping, but I love it. I do it probably every day, which maybe doesn't sound good for me, but I just end up doing it all the time because it's just convenient and the deals out there can be incredible. And with Honey at your side, those deals get even better. Thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to the cart that you're working on at that moment. It's a very, very simple if you don't know how it works. Just you're shopping on one of your favorite online sites. Don't worry, just imagine it. It's working out real well, I promise. When you check out, the Honey button simply appears and all you have to do is click apply coupons. Kind of like magic, but it's technology. Wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons it can find for the site. And if Honey finds a working coupon, bam, you get to watch all the prices just drop. I have saved money on games, food, clothes, tech, you name it at this point because I just have money on my computer 24-7, especially since I buy things all the goddamn time. And Honey doesn't just work on a desktop either. It's on your iPhone now too, which is really nice and dangerous for a shopaholic like me. Just activate it on Safari on your phone and you can save on the go. If you don't already have Honey, you could just straight up be missing out at this point. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting our show. I'd never recommend something I don't use. So go get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash chill. That's joinhoney.com slash chill for free instant savings. Yeah, yeah, true. Mr. Fossiani, you come across the one that I think is also, it does seem very, very like this can't be real, but it's the most popular theory, especially like in urban legend, that the boat was was commandeered in uh, El yeah. Hiera by a Nazi fugitive. 
who had been hiding on the island after World War II, and now, because they were just starting to really crack down and hunt down former SS officials, he was like, get me to South America, which is why they diverted and were headed to Venezuela, because this dude forced them at gunpoint or something to do it, and he hid below deck, so when they like met with the ship, he was down below... And and then like maybe some shit went down on the boat, and that's why the one guy lived and everyone else is gone. But there's no sign of struggles. There's no sign of like blood or gunfire or anything. Yeah. So they're like, it sounds great. Like it makes for a great story, but it doesn't explain a lot of the, the things that don't. Yeah, the evidence doesn't make there. sense there. Right. And then of course there's the theory that I think is probably true that it was just like. <clears throat> A series of very small but successive setbacks that eventually they went from like, we got this to like, oh, my God, we're all going to die. And it just kept getting worse, even though they convinced themselves because they were sailors that they could do it. But like, I kept thinking, what is, you know, what could this really be? And I just want to say, I never thought about this. It didn't even cross my mind, but I'm going to shout out to Firelark on Reddit for just like posting a theory that I think is the strongest theory ever. So, Firelark says, I'm willing to bet that when they were initially found adrift, but still alive, and Mathis, I think you were saying this earlier, they were much worse off than they seemed. The crew of the Duchess mentioned that the men didn't seem like in a state of mental breakdown, as one might expect (laughs) from being lost at sea for days, but that in itself could easily be an alarming sight. Those men- (laughs) Just like, they're just like, yeah, dude. Yeah, they were like a group- The men were probably- group delusion. (laughs) Well, John- just give me a little bit of gas, dude. We'll <laughs> there, yeah, dude. they no probably were like super affected by the dehydration and the stress and the exposure and all that stuff, but they seem super chill. And uh, he also says, or they, I guess, also say, if any of the fruit they ate had fermented or gone bad <laughs> yeah. in the heat, that could have worsened the situation oh, tremendously. Accident- accidentally drunk. So while they appeared calm and irrational to the observers, they actually could have been highly irrational. This would explain why they refused to tow, why they insisted their boat was fine, when it was clearly not. Uh, My theory is that their navigation equipment had become faulty somehow, but not in a way that was immediately apparent. It was still visibly functioning, but not providing proper directions. This would explain why they got lost in the first place in the fog, and then why they were forced to rely on the instruments, right? It's nighttime, it's 2 a.m., it's fog, they use the instruments. It could also explain why they insisted the crew of why they insisted to the crew of Duchess that there's nothing wrong with the boat. It's fine, even though they're clearly off course, and because they're no longer rational, they can't deduce that the equipment mm-hmm. led them astray. So then, after parting with the Duchess, they set sail again using the nav system, and now they're back out at sea. After that, all three men probably rapidly dehydrated and like went crazy and anything is possible at that point. Paranoia might have set in. They might have fought against each other. Anger, agitation, poor decision making, compounding their problems. And the men who didn't die on the ship might have jumped overboard, convinced they were near land or that a boat was more dangerous than water. And all of that is kind of like secondary, though, to how they got lost in the first place. Not once, but twice. And he's like, that's something I think people dismiss. Or I guess they. I don't know anything about Firelark. And and then there's a comment below that that I thought was fascinating, which is from a sailor that was like, look, as a sailor, sometimes if you put a compass Mm. next to something electrical, it'll throw off true north. And you won't realize it because you're not thinking about it, but you'll like set the compass down next to like a faulty electrical thing. And next thing you know, you're going the wrong direction. And I was like, 
that could yeah. explain some things too. So I think that's super interesting, and that's the last bit there. But this again is another story that's real from history where people just vanished, and we'll it never know. We'll that never the boat know. Sink because I'd be curious, you know, what the findings on the corpse would have been if there would have like. Maybe they could have deduced that maybe he had some injuries on him that did show there was some fighting. I don't know. Well, a lot of people think that there's two because a lot of people are yeah. like, what happened to those 20 pages? My guess is about? like, yeah, That's I, my really guess is most... like he maybe wrote down the events and then when he realized there was nothing coming back, maybe he just didn't want his family to know the truth and was just like, fuck it. A lot of people think that maybe he was those 20 like, pages was him writing down the fact that like they started mm-hmm. doing cannibal shit. And like embarrassing things where he was like, I don't want, you know, I wrote this down, but now reading it, I realized like in death, this makes us all look terrible. And he just tossed them. Or a lot of people were like, interesting that this one dude found these and reported back, oh, 28 pages are missing. Did he remove the 28 pages? I, I didn't even that, think of that. That's also something. Yeah, why? why would he do that? To me, the, to me, the missing pages is like foul play for sure. I don't For know sure. why it is, but it is. Yeah, it does. It doesn't make any sense because it's so very obvious that you have to. If you ripped it out, you did so because you didn't want anyone. It wasn't like a mistake. It wasn't like a whatever was written there. If it's all yeah. numbers, why rip out numbers? You know what I mean? Like, what is the purpose for ripping that stuff out? Unless maybe he was like so crazy and dehydrated and stuff that he honestly thought like, oh, I'll. Stick this note I wrote in a banana <laughs> and throw it in the water, and maybe someone will find. You know what I mean? I mean, you never know. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure within, like you said, within days, all that shit would have. They would have been starving and going crazy, and ugh. But they ugh. were given. I, yes. They were given supplies though, supplies and fuel, which is crazy to me. That the, and they saw them go back east. They watched them go back in the direction. If they would have just stayed on that heading, they would have hit any of the islets. It's crazy to me. It gives me. You like the a theory that involves them wanting to be back and intending to be back just doesn't make sense to me. There's it certainly simply- something going on, but the problem is is that and I think this makes it interesting is that the other three dudes, sure. You could say, Oh, these guys are gonna go to Venezuela or whatever. But the one guy, his whole purpose for jumping on that boat at night was I gotta get back to my kid. And then he no longer yeah, cared about right. the kid. It's so weird that surely he would be the guy that's like, take me back. Like, like the fact that all four said, I'm going to stay on the boat. Why wouldn't the one dude who want, who just want to get back and see his kid? Why wouldn't he stay on the Duchess? If the other guys were like, we're going to go, why would he join them? Assuming these people are all above board human beings, right? Which it seems like they were right. The only thing I can imagine is like consequence free money, right? Some kind of, Something that's just too good to ignore, because otherwise, what are you doing? Like, 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 some, like, both times they disappeared, they both headed the same direction. Like, they were doing something for sure. You know, and either they were doing it or somebody else was making them do it. But it just doesn't make sense to me that it wouldn't be that way with those details. It's, that's how I feel. It's bizarre as hell. And that's why I love mm-hmm. it. That's why I've saved it for almost four years on my computer because I'm like, this Damn. is a story. This is a great story. So. I love that. Yeah, I Wait, will the aliens. give all the links to Mathis. There's so much to this. You can see all the different photos. And if you want to see the original topic that was posted by Hello Lurker here four years ago on Reddit, I'll I'll give him that too. And you can go through the whole thing. It is incredible. The comments are like, 
people are super into trying to solve it. I love this kind of stuff, and I've just been sitting on it for a while. And I was like, one day, I want to do a Did podcast. Did they never on go this. back to look for the sunken boat? Then I, you know what? Based on where it is on that map, it That's is why, yeah, like, no way you're gonna. You know how when you yeah, look at the ocean, deep. sometimes you see the really dark parts. That yeah, is that's a, prime yeah, that's dark part. That thing is so that's far some, down. Yeah. Plus, with like shift and currents, who knows where it went? Plus, they yeah. didn't. I don't know that yeah. they found it. You know what I mean? Like, did they see yeah. it fall off right away? So it could have. True, they could have just gone miles and miles at, right? after it was long gone. So that's where they noticed it was missing. So who that's knows what? Like, it could have fallen off within the first twenty minutes. And they just didn't look. I have no clue. I'm not gonna. <laughs> you know. It's so bizarre, but the fact that there's so much documentation and there's so much going on with this and, you know, like a great example is straight up just like in the sources, it's just like, here's a TV mystery show that reconstructed the case, but it's in Spanish. It is <laughs> yeah. all in Spanish. What? Whoa. That's so funny. Whoa. New discovery here on Chaluminati Live. You just solved it? No, I didn't solve it, but uh, I see now that the video, which was up a few days ago. Uh, it was removed again. Yeah. Oh well. Link's still Yo. there, just in case it comes back up. Yo. Speaking of seeing things one day and having them removed the next. Thank you, Jesse, so much for this episode. We're gonna go hey. to Patreon.com/slash/IlluminatiPod for a mini sode where I'm gonna go scream about the government. I I'm very excited. Wait, this okay, is man. so funny to me. <laughs> I love this. I will. Uh, thank that you guys awesome so much. Movie. We'll be back next week with another episode. Goodbye. Bye. Patreon.com slash Chiluminati I want Chiluminati. I want my Mothman plush. <laughs> anyway, me and my wife were sitting outside indulging on our porch one night, enjoying ourselves. I needed to go to the bathroom, so I stepped back inside, and after a few moments, I hear my wife go, Holy shit, get out here. So I quickly dash back outside, and she's looking up at the sky in awe. I look up too, and there's a perfect line of dozen lights traveling across the sky.